Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast, aligning what is good with what is possible. I'm your host, Allison Bueller, Director of the Homestead Education Center, and the focus on this show is real change for better health, home, and community. This program is brought to you by the Homestead Education Center, a nonprofit organization located in Starkville, Mississippi. And we are well into our year of conscious living. Our board of directors chose this theme in August because we felt very strongly that you cannot change your actions, your choices, or your behaviors until you become aware of them. Becoming intentional takes practice. And what better place to practice than in our own homes? This week, we will present our second installment in a series called Coming Home to Heal. Coming Home to Heal guides our attention inward, away from the noise of the holidays and elections and policy, and forces us to focus on what we can impact in a serious way, our homes. It moves our intention to our own spheres of influence and asks us to recognize the role of home tenders as vital to the health of our families our communities, and ultimately our world. It took me a long time to value myself as a home tender, but this week we'll look at the vital changes home tenders can make when it comes to the health of our children. At the Homestead Education Center, we're reading The Art of Dying Well, A Practical Guide to a Good End of Life by Katie Butler. This discussion is led by our board members Nancy Woodruff and Tony Hill in our member group, and it's one of the most beautiful and practical books I've ever read. A thoughtful last third of life can make the difference between a time that's scary and one that is full of purpose and meaning. For example, Katie shares that most men get prostate screenings, and she says that you're much more likely to die with prostate problems than you are to die of them, but people that receive the treatment for prostate tend to end up with incontinence, and so you have to judge these things when you're making decisions about the end of your life. But she also brings a ritual about dying and death and the end of life that I find very peaceful and beautiful. If you'd like to jump in to our discussion, go over to the website at www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash calendar. Choose the membership level that's right for you and we'll add you to the group. At the beginning of November, we hosted our second annual fermentation fair where guests got to taste traditionally prepared foods that are loaded with probiotic health benefits. If you'd like to learn some simple ways to incorporate traditional foods into your kitchen, we have an online course just for you at www.thehomesteadcenter.org online courses. You can take just one course or become a member and access all of them. There are also some how-to videos in our virtual instructional library on the website. You can find all of this at www.thehomesteadcenter.org. And as of this morning, we met our 2019 Holiday Helping Hands goal of raising $8,000 to match a grant given by TVA and Starkville Utilities. These funds will go to making the JL King Center, our partner organization, more energy efficient. Currently, the organization is heating and cooling the outdoors as they offer adult education, workforce development, and youth development programming. There's literally a gap under two of the doors where you can see the outside. 
The renovation will significantly cut the cost of utilities, and that frees up money to fully fund the youth development program. I'm so thankful to be a part of this community that believes in our entire community. Thanks to all of you who contributed. As of this show, the Homestead Education Center has raised $99,000 in five years for Helping Hands projects. You guys, that is incredible. Our upcoming events include our Posada holiday celebration and the Women's Wellness Retreat in January. So check those out on the website as well. This program is brought to you by our Keep It Local sponsor, Joni Leonard Lofton at Florida Lee Flowers and Gifts on Main Street in Starkville. If you must do any spending this Black Friday, please consider where your money goes and what it supports. Joni is a local business owner, which means she pays local taxes that improve our roads, our schools, and parks. She hires local help, which impacts the employment in our area, and she buys flowers from a local grower. Your purchasing power shapes the world we live in. What will you support this holiday season? And now on with our show. Stay-at-home parents are some of the most undervalued people in America. In this series on coming home to heal, we hope to elevate that status to what it should be, superstar. In today's show, we're going to explore how home tenders can significantly impact the health of their families. And our guest today is me. I found myself staying at home with my boys after we moved home to Mississippi. Mike got a job and was suddenly gone. We were on every waiting list in town because I fully intended to use my newly earned doctoral degree as a professor at the university, but we couldn't find childcare. With a toddler and an infant, nobody had openings for us. I tried to embrace my freedom to stay home and care for my boys. I knew I was lucky to be able to afford it, but to be honest, those were some of the longest, dullest days of my life. I realized how much I needed the title of a job to feel validated when somebody asked me, what do you do? At that time, I hadn't even heard of mindfulness in a serious way, or conscious parenting for that matter. It was just full-on survival mode, where it was either me or them by the end of every day. Thankfully, I was smart enough to surround myself with moms and a few dads who did understand the value of parenting. And slowly, I learned from them. I saw them taking time to let their children heal when they had colds, unlike what I had done in grad school, which was to run for the pink medicine prescription every time my kids sneezed so that I could get them back in daycare as quickly as possible. I saw these women, and the occasional man, plan meals to save money and create health in their families. I saw them slow down and be present. I'd be lying if I said I learned these lessons quickly. Instead, I learned them in fits and starts, Sometimes I would do pretty well, and other times I'd sign up for more leadership roles in town or start another initiative to justify my existence or another nonprofit. It wasn't until my third child came that I fully got to experience the power of being a home tender. Cecilia was a healthy baby who developed like most third children do, with very little structure or schedule. She seemed to grow and develop kind of in spite of our worn-out efforts at raising little people. We didn't even bother to try to get her to sleep in her own bed. When she was about three, we noticed she really didn't like shoes, which we figured was fine in Mississippi. Then we took our kids on a six-week backpacking tromp all over Europe to regroup after my husband finally succumbed to severe burnout. She spent most of that trip in a nightgown. She also only ate white things, we discovered, which we'd never really noticed. They were organic, of course. Breakfast bars, applesauce, chicken nuggets. 
None of this was very concerning until she turned four. We thought we might need to prepare her for kindergarten and signed her up for preschool for real. When it came time to get dressed, she howled. Shoes? Forget it. Fixing her hair was like trying to catch and brush a wild animal. And I think she was the only soccer player who wore her shin guards outside of her socks after the two-hour ordeal of getting her cleats and socks on her feet. But it wasn't until New Year's Eve when we took her to a party dressed in only one of Mike's softest undershirts that I knew something was really wrong. I had read Grain Brain that Christmas because every year my dad buys the best-selling diet book of the season and passes it around to the rest of us. Grain Brain had one line in it that said, there might be a connection between gluten and sensory disorders. And sensory disorders were what I was figuring out that my daughter probably had. I came home that evening and the next day I threw every last bit of gluten to the pigs that we were raising and started on the GAPS diet. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. There are other elimination diets, but I like the fact that Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride still stands by her GAPS diet to this day. It stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. She very much understood that there was a connection between the gut and the brain. I saw her on a Netflix show recently, and her goal isn't to restrict, but to rebuild and strengthen the body. That was something that I could get behind for my daughter. We started out on broth, boiled meats and veggies, and added in from there. I ended up ordering a cookbook online because the recipes in Dr. McBride's original book were pretty limited. A mom that had gone through the process with her child created a cookbook that I'll put a link to in the show notes, and it was very helpful to us. The process was slow. We ate broth for weeks and no carbs or sugars, except for the bag of apples that she found and ate about 17 of in the first week, looking for a fructose fix, I guess. One day I came into the kitchen and my boys were sitting on the floor gobbling something down and I said, what are you doing? And they said, we found a pack of tortillas that fell behind the fridge. They were looking for any kind of fix of gluten they could find in the house. The diet did two things. It readjusted our palate for something other than carbs and sugar. And it sealed and healed my daughter's inflamed gut lining. Probably all of our inflamed gut linings, to be honest. There was also a behavioral component. I have a video of this in our online course, Food for Kids, on the website. I stood behind her chair most dinners, and I waited for half a day outside of her door for her to put her shoes on by herself. I started with a speck of broccoli less than the size of a dime, and we didn't leave the table for hours. Thank goodness I did all of this over winter break, and I kept her home for the first week when school started back. By the second week, she was wearing clothes. By the third, she was wearing shoes and socks by herself. And by the end of the month, my daughter was fine. The blood tests I got later only confirmed what I knew, food allergies. But what I'm haunted by is her alternate future. What if I'd been closed-minded? What if I hadn't had the time or the resources afforded to a stay-at-home caregiver? How many students are probably labeled special needs incorrectly in her school alone? Being able to heal my daughter is maybe the single thing that I'm most proud of as a parent. I make hundreds of mistakes with my kids, but giving them the best fighting chance at physical health is something that I can do. And the impact didn't stop with her. Because I ate with her, I stopped having some of the chronic things that I dealt with for years. Seasonal allergies, PMS, occasional migraines, all disappeared. In fact, I was able to get off antidepressants for the first time in almost 20 years. 
The changes inside my home make me an advocate for food. Anecdotally, we all know that children go crazy around Halloween and at birthday parties when they get too much sugar. But the truth is, most of my daughter's diet was carbs and sugar-based. Food is important for childhood behavior and learning in addition to health. There was a great study done at the Applegate School in Wisconsin. It's an alternative school where kids were sent when they were kicked out of their regular schools. That school got a grant that changed one thing, the food. They went to an entirely whole food-based diet, and by the end of the year, the number of fights went to zero. Absences plummeted, and academics went through the roof. Our culture isn't set up for home tenders to be healers, or schools to be healers for that matter. We have to get back to work, so we skip the chicken soup for the antibiotic. We don't have time to prepare three meals a day and get our kids outside, so we choose the ADHD meds. We can't afford healthy foods, so we ignore the science on what we put in is what we get out, and we run through the drive through windows. It's hard. Very few of us are lucky enough to be able to afford to tend to our families like we need to. Very few jobs pay enough so that families could live on a single income. But the benefits when we can create health at home are pretty impressive. My kids rarely miss school for illnesses. I can't remember the last time I took one to the doctor for anything other than stitches. Not a single kid has had a cavity, but that may be just good genes from their dad's side. There are savings, but they aren't really what we save as so much what doesn't come out of pocket. They're harder to see. We're going to have to get creative as a culture to access the long-term benefits of home as healer. Meal prepping on Sundays, moving in with or moving in grandparents to share the load of care, learning how to cook a few simple healthy meals, trading money for time. Community is helpful. We can't possibly be all things to our families on our own. Traditionally, churches served as extended families, but setting up communities like babysitting or buying clubs that make healthy food more affordable are possible. What I believe in is that we have tremendous power in what we consume and what we feed our families. We can determine whether or not we will have diabetes, heart disease, and possibly even things like autoimmune learning and behavior disorders. And what we won't do for ourselves, we will leap tall buildings to do for our children. What we do in our homes ripples out. Like my friend Nancy Woodruff says, most change starts at home and probably in the kitchen. If you like what you heard today, consider becoming a supporter of our nonprofit organization for a dollar or two a month. You can keep our programming coming. Check out our website at www thehomesteadcenter.org. And if you learned something, please share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. I hope you have a fabulous Thanksgiving if you're stateside and a great rest of the week wherever you are.